Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And today we're going to review a new film that just became available on streaming. Um, it's called Let Him Go, and Matt's going to tell us about it. Yeah, so this has got a very short window from theaters to streaming. I think it just came out in theaters the beginning of this month. And for some reason, I really had a desire to see this. <laughs> I, was, I was willing to break my quarantine because we haven't been to the movies since March. Yeah. And, uh, but we didn't. We didn't go. And then our movie theaters are now shut down in our state, so it doesn't really matter. But now <laughs> it's on. Um, we, we watched this on Amazon Prime streaming. Um, so this stars Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, who are a longtime married couple, which may sound familiar to some DC movie fans because <laughs> they played uh, Ma and Pa Kent in the super, real most recent Superman films. Um, but they have you know, been married a long time. They have a son, a grown son, who at the beginning of the movie is, is married and they have a, a baby. And they're living with uh, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane's characters. And then, uh, and this is all described in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything, but the, the son dies like, super early on. And um, eventually his widow remarries. Uh, his widow, by the way, is played by Kaylee Carter. She's really good in this. Um, so she remarries, and all does not necessarily seem well with their marriage. And then they kind of just disappear. They move. And that's sends Kevin Costner and Diane Lane's characters on a, on a quest. Mm-hmm. And that is the, um, that is kind of your, your setup for this, for, for Let Him Go. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, I think there is a lot to love about this movie. Um, it's beautifully photographed. So it's set um, largely in Montana and North Dakota. I don't, I don't know if it was filmed in those locations, but I, I kind of assume it was. It looks... It looks right. Beautiful vistas. Beautiful vistas, sunsets. Um, you know, they, they're on a, a horse ranch. There's lots of horses. Um, it's, it's very picturesque and beautifully shot. Um, and the tone from the beginning um, is kind of melancholy. There's a melancholy to it. Um, it's deliberately paced. Um, you really have time to get to know the Diane Lane character and the Kevin Costner character and their relationship. And I, I became invested in them. And, you know, it's pretty early on, there's, there's this vibe of tension, of something, of impending doom. Something horrible is, hap- is going to happen. And I, the movie builds that slowly and keeps building it until... By the by, the end of the movie, um, there are moments just of incredible suspense and tension. So, I think that um, there's a certain point in the movie where that those early scenes, that, that deliberate pacing, um, that character building, the story takes a turn, and it becomes something much different. Um, it becomes kind of, um, it follows some of the beats of maybe an old-fashioned Western. Um, there's a, a character introduced, played by Leslie Manville, who, uh, one of my favorite actresses, um, here she plays uh, a villain, and she's quite menacing. And at first I felt like this turn of events, this 
change in the in the story was um, kind of didn't really work well with what we'd seen before. But by the end and overall, I I, I really admire the risks that the that the movie took, and um, yeah. I'm trying not to give away particular things, but um, I just thought the movie ultimately was very uh, suspenseful and moving and um, highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so this was mm-hmm. based on a novel by Larry Watson, uh, which never read any of his books, but he's got several apparently, and it uh, was adapted by Thomas Bazooka and uh, directed by Thomas Bazooka. And... The only thing I was looking at his, uh, his catalog here, his resume, the only thing I've actually been familiar with from him is uh, The Family Stone, which I really like The Family Stone. And we talked about it in one of our 12 Days of Christmas podcasts a couple of years ago. Um, this is nothing like The Family Stone. <laughs> nothing like that at all. No, but I really liked this movie. I mean, this movie's an experience. You, you feel a lot of things, and you're right, it does take a turn. Um, for a while, for quite a while, actually, it's a very quiet... Um, I mean, there's some tension. There's a little underlying hum of, of tension, mm-hmm. but nothing over the top. Um, and it's sort of a quiet study on, you know, for one thing, this couple who's been married for decades, and... The, the the melancholy is a good word to describe it. The melancholy that they feel over the loss of their son, the unexpected loss of their son. Um, they really feel like a married couple in this movie. I have to give props for Diane Lane and Kevin Costner because they come across like they have been a married couple that has been together for decades, which is the characters that they're playing. Um I mentioned Kaylee Carter earlier. She is the woman that their son married, and then she goes on to remarry, um, takes her grandson away. Uh, she's she's quite good in this. Initially, I wasn't really, I didn't think much of her character, but she uh, she's good. I want to give a shout out to Jeffrey Donovan. He is really creepy in this, and um, I always have this creepy connotation with him because the first time I ever saw him in anything was like 25 years ago in an episode of Homicide: Life on the Street where he plays a traveling serial killer who ends up in Baltimore. Um, the, uh, the movie has a really interesting look to it. So, you know, we talked about the beautiful vistas uh, uh, of, you know, Montana, North Dakota, or wherever it was filmed. <laughs> um, but I want to give a, a mention to Guy Godfrey, who's the director of photography here. And this movie is dark in, in the way it looks. And I don't... I'm not saying that negatively. Uh, there's times when it, you could say that about a movie negatively. But in this, it's just really, it, it does enough to kind of, I don't know, it affects you, right? Mm-hmm. Subconsciously. Um, even though I didn't notice it. But I mean, there's several scenes where characters are in shadow. And they make an entrance in shadow. And then you eventually see their face, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, or just seen around like a kitchen table. And it could be brighter, right? But they choose to light it, you know, a little more dimly. Yeah. And I just like that. It kind of goes to the overall tone of the movie. Um, there's also another actor in here, uh, Boo Boo Stewart, who plays a Native American that uh, they come across. Um, <laughs> this, movie, um, this movie goes places. 
that's all. I, I, we're not gonna, you know, we, we don't like to spoil new movies, but this movie goes places um, that I wasn't expecting, and uh, it does take a different change in tone, even I think. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I, even today we watched this yesterday, and even today I'm still struggling with you know how how okay I am with it. I think I'm okay. But sometimes characters do things or make decisions that I, I seem almost out of character. But I don't, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still kind of digesting this movie. Yeah. Um, now, whether or not I'm okay with the tonal shift, whether or not I'm okay with the roads and avenues this movie goes down, you know, um, figuratively, the, um, I, I, was very, I was very much riveted. I can't, I think the last time that I felt this amount of tension watching a movie uh, was probably Parasite. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, both films in unexpected ways. You know, these are not situations in in characters where you expect to be on the edge of your seat, Mm -hmm. but you are. And I I love that. It's... um, it's an it's an unexpected tension. Yeah, um, that's really wonderful. And now that I've hit upon that, I think it, it parallels Parasite in that the first half of Parasite is quieter. Yes, and, and it does set up characters, and you get to know people a little bit more. And mm-hmm. and yes, there's things happening, but nothing too too bonkers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the back half of Parasite is all tension and all you know. Uh, whatever in this <laughs> this movie well and i think in both cases the reason you're feeling that tension is because the first half of the movie took that time mm-hmm. to introduce the characters to get you invested in them so that you are interested in what happens to them mm-hmm. um that's a big part of feeling suspense and, and tension in a film so i think this movie does it does it masterfully and i I am on board with the with the turn it takes it's it would be very easy for this movie to go completely off the rails um, but I think it manages thanks to just enough psychological drama and introspection, you know, that dominated the first half of the, the film. They include just enough to keep it grounded, I think, in the last half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I do want to do a real quick, oh, hopefully real quick, overview of um, the, the acting. Because yes. I think the acting in this is superb. Yeah. And it's in three different sort of areas of acting though mm-hmm. um, so Kevin Costner he does the kind of role that I feel like often gets overlooked or at least taken for granted which is he's very subdued his character is very subdued mm-hmm. um, and so he has to do a lot and convey a lot with just his facial expressions or his eyes mm-hmm. um, or his, his body language and I don't know, um, you know, I had a coworker one time when we were talking about movies and he, he remarked that he thinks it's more difficult to implode than it is to explode. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, the quieter performance versus the more bombastic performance. Because bombastic performances get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. This is not a bombastic performance. This is the antithesis of that. Yeah. And I have to give him credit for doing it really well. Yeah. Uh, Diane Lane is very interesting because she does this type of performance that I really love and I, I've seen it before I, I liken this to one of the reasons I really like the characters of John Steed from the Avengers mm-hmm. um, and um, 
the Roger Moore version of James Bond. Because both John Steed and Roger Moore's characters of, of Bond, are they are dangerous men. But they, they've put off this air of congeniality mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, charm. But you know, though, that underneath that, they can, you know, they're very strong and they can, they can do things that you probably wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. Her character, I think, is very much like that. Mm-hmm. She's very, and it's, it's remarked upon. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, you know so insightful here. But, I mean, right. she's, very, she's very charming. And, and the way she talks is to the right people could be very disarming. Mm-hmm. But underneath it, she's on a mission. Uh, and I like that. And then Leslie Manville. <laughs> so Leslie Manville's a British actress. And when she appears, the first couple of minutes, I was like just thinking, oh no. Uh, <laughs> because her American accent was not great. And I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be awful. Because I've been waiting all movie for her to show up. And now uh-huh. this, is, this is what we have. Yeah. But it's weird. After the first two minutes, uh, I was fine with it. Yeah. And after the movie, you and I were talking, and I think you hit upon something that maybe explained why I was okay with it. And if you look upon this as a Western, and you think of old Westerns with like the kind of over-the-top villains, mm-hmm. which a lot of Westerns have that, you know, mm-hmm. um, then you kind of, this, she fits into that. Yeah. Um, some critics that we really like, we watched their review after we watched this movie, and I bristled a little bit because, you know, they talked about her. Oh, she's chewing the scenery or blah, blah, blah. She's too much and stuff. And I bristled at that because um, for some reason I was thinking of her kind of like in this movie, kind of like Daniel Day-Lewis in things like Gangs of New York or There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, everyone seems to love Daniel Day-Lewis, the Academy, uh, the Os- <laughs> you know, the Oscars, uh, the general public. And they particularly love him. In movies like, you know, Gangs of New York and There Will Be Blood, where he's over the top. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I prefer him more in movies like Phantom Thread, um, where he's more subdued. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just find it interesting, that, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, but I feel a similarity between like her, Leslie Manville's performance in this movie, and Daniel Day-Lewis's roles in those other movies. And yet Daniel Day-Lewis, it's praise heaped upon him. Mm-hmm. And, and Oscars and whatever. Leslie Manville, people say, well, she's chewing the scenery and her accent sucks and whatever. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I bristle at that. Um, and I, I, I feel like she's, she's really good in this <laughs> and, and very menacing, like you said earlier. Yeah, she is really good. And it's, but it's just such a different character than what we've seen up in the movie up to this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned Diane Lane's character is... Um, uh, congenial, but also, you know, made of steel. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Leslie Manville's character, um, she can pretend to be congenial, but um, yeah, she wears her her um, she wears her strength on her sleeve, and she is um, a force to be reckoned with from the very first words out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's just. It's just a shock to see it. I mean, and, and that's where the movie, you know, is taking this turn. And it's just, it just is jarring for a minute. But then, she enters, I will say, I'm sorry. But she, <laughs> when Leslie Manville enters this movie, it's almost like how the Joker enters in the dark night. I know, I know. I mean, without the laugh. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, 
it, it works. And after the, you know, once you're used to it, after the first two minutes, I mean, she's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the scenes, you know, later are just terrifying. So um, it's, it's, it's a really good performance. You're right. I don't know why she doesn't get the, you know, the accolades that um, someone else might. Of course, she was also in Phantom Thread and with a, a much more subtle performance mm-hmm. there and was also very good. So oh, yeah. she can do both as well. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. She got a lot of praise for Phantom Thread, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I think she deserves it for this one as well. It's oh, just yeah. a completely, you know, 180. It's a different performance altogether. Yeah. And if you like um, British shows or, or things like she's really good in a, a, a stars in a, a show called Mum. Yeah. M-U-M. Uh, it's a three-season show and... She is completely different in that than she is oh, in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she's excellent in that show, as, yeah. as is uh, the supporting cast yeah. and the writing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, Let Him Go, I, I thought was, was, was quite good. Me too. Quite good. Um, what do you give it out of 10? I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 as well. Um, so we are a little higher <laughs> uh, than critics and audiences. So uh, it has a tomato meter critic score of a 79% certified fresh and a audience score on the tomato meter of 76%, which is fine. It's good, mm-hmm. right? But 9 out of 10, that's all you need to know, really. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Mm-hmm.